Hi friends, welcome to Fast Friends Forever. I'm August Woody, my pronouns are they, them. I'm Natsu Twelve. my pronouns are he, him. And I'm Lennon Hookstra, and my pronouns are also they, them. All right, today we're going to be talking about Spanish love songs and their 2020 album, Brave Faces Everyone. Spanish love songs formed in 2013. They're from LA. They have released four studio albums, um, but today we're talking about their third album, which was released on Pure Noise Records in February of 2020. Spanish love songs' musical style has been described as punk rock, emo, pop punk, indie rock, pop rock, alternative rock, garage punk, and indie punk. The band calls themselves Grouch Rock. (laughs) That's from Wikipedia. Grouch Rock is the perfect descriptor. Ingenious, they're described as for fans of boxed wine, divorce, and self-doubt. And I think that perfectly sums up them as a band. Nice, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. (laughs) A fun fact I did not know, the lead vocalist and the keyboardist are married to each other. I love that. I do too. That's a, a big fun fact. Did, did this album was this when was it released again? Uh, <laughs> August. This album was released on February seventh of twenty twenty. Oh, yeah, three so days right before COVID. Yeah, three days right before my birthday. <laughs> yeah, it was the la- last tour I saw. Was they they came to to Salt Lake on that tour with the Wonder Years, Pool Kids, and Free Throw. That was a great tour. Then I caught COVID like three days afterwards, uh, oh, and everything no. shut down and. I had great, great sad music to carry me through those terrible two weeks. Yeah, I mean, this being an album that was released just before everything shut down, I think it perfectly sets the tone of, you know, depression and feeling stuck, Mm -hmm. hating everything. Mm -hmm. Trying to be hopeful, trying to put on a a brave face. But it really is a stellar album, easily one of the best, one of the best 2020 releases, I would say. All right. Well, this album has 10 tracks and it has a runtime of 40 minutes and 25 seconds. So let's get into the track by track. Let's hit it. The first song on the album is Routine Pain. Let me ruin my guts tonight. I think it's just that's the chorus on the song. Something about that hits the raw motion and just being fed up with the things that we do in our day to day hits so hard on this song. I think it's just a great way to start the start the album off. Yeah, I definitely think this is a very heavy song, but also one of the best songs that they could have used to open this album. And it really does set the tone for the entire album. I mean, you have the themes of being stuck and, you know, just sitting in the hurt. Mm-hmm. And I think that carries throughout the entire album. Yeah. So I started listening to Spanish love songs because my best friend Kate was really into them. They were described to me as the men singers, but sad, which is <laughs> like an oxymoron. So <laughs> mm-hmm. But I wanted to get into them more, especially because we were going to be seeing them at best. I want to say, was it last year or the year before? I think the year before. So I was trying to listen to them more. And I was going through this really, really deep, depressive period. I quit my job and I ended up not working for a whole year. And it really, really got to me. I was just feeling really aimless. I didn't feel like I had any sort of purpose or any sort of thing that 
made me feel like I even needed to wake up in the morning. And I remember specifically, I put on this album and was getting in the shower. And by the time that routine pain had ended, I was just full on sobbing, <laughs> just just a wet, naked, sobbing mess. And <laughs> I mean, it really carried through the whole album. But this song hit me so, so, so hard. All of it felt so relevant and personal to my life. Yeah, yeah this is definitely an album that I found very early in the pandemic, not directly after it came out, but in definitely those first couple months. And I can definitely relate to the sitting on the shower floor, just feeling all the emotions and sobbing. The line, let the guilt pass right through me while my friends are taking dives off of cliffs and I just worry about the songs I'll never write. Mm-hmm. That hit me real hard. My my best friend, Kate, like I mentioned, she has been traveling all over the country and the world. She's living in New Zealand right now, and she's doing all sorts of amazing things. So it just felt like a real call out <laughs> to me. <laughs> like here I am doing nothing but sitting on the couch and my friends are taking dives off of cliffs. And I am thinking literally about the songs I'll never write because that's that's one of the goals that I've had in my life I guess was to be in a band or to try to write things I used to be a much better writer than I am now and I don't know what's up with that but you know I've always had a lot of emotions that I wanted to get out in a way that I just felt like I could never properly express myself so here's the podcast hey the podcast is writing in a different form, you know. We're still We're still, still doing, doing the damn thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I can definitely relate with those emotions. For me specifically, it's the bridge before the outro saying, Can't take another summer in this place. Everyone in this bar is the same. Everywhere I look, it's just routine pain. Yeah. I'm so sick of treading water. Just has the feeling of you know, sitting in your hometown corner bar and looking down and you see the same people every day and everyone is just sick of everything and feeling so stuck and you have no feeling of, you just don't feel like you're going anywhere and you're just surviving on a necessity and instinct. (laughs) Yeah, my husband has been talking a lot about wanting to move away from our hometown We live here now because we have to. We can't move more than 50 miles away from my son's dad. So we are stuck until he turns 18. So we've got five years. And then after that, we kind of have to make a decision. And we had conversations that had kind of come to a head about where we were going to move to because it is simultaneously something that I want and also something that I'm terrified of doing at this point most of my friends have moved away from here but it still feels like the most familiar place to me mm-hmm. that familiarity to like things like that are part of the the routine that brings pain like in the song like it is familiar it's where you know like me here in Miami but that familiarity knowing the routine knowing everything life's routines are enhanced by unfortunately like these familiar places and it's like it's that it's that tug you know it's that tug of war don't want to stay here but i also don't want to spend just as long reconnecting elsewhere both venues both avenues suck 
both hurt. That's yeah. Rough. As somebody who's been on the completely other end of the spectrum, I have never really felt at home, even, you know, the place I spent the most years of my life and where all of my extended family is. It mm. felt okay for a couple years, but towards the end, it was just, I really felt stuck in the routine and I hated it so much. And leaving was so scary, but I would do it again in a heartbeat. Mm. You've moved around kind of quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Six states so far. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. And I lived in the suburbs of Chicago for nine years and you know, recently going back and having it not feel like home and knowing that I was coming back to Jacksonville and it feeling like home, it's interesting. Yeah, especially because you've only been here for like a year or so, right? Two years, just past two years. But I'd do it again in a heartbeat. I get too comfortable and then I hate it. (laughs) And on this album, uh, they do a lot of referencing either to events or to other spanish love songs songs mm-hmm. that, that was that, that was bad but um like right at the top of the song that first lyric on in the even damn a six of ten that's a reference they, they had a twitter ama like a week before the album came out and that's a reference to um scott hutchinson's final interview before he passed away in 2018 yeah scott hutchinson was founding member of frightened rabbit a scottish band and disappeared in may they found him like the day after and on his last interview you know, he said on a day-to-day basis i'm a solid six out of ten i know how often i can hope for much more than that i'm drawn to negatives in life and i dwell on them they consume me i don't think i'm unique in that sense i'm all right with the six we got a couple days a week at a seven fuck it's great and you know that's reference right at the top reference in the pre-chorus yeah i know the negative consumes me and also again highlights and perpetuates what you see throughout the album they have a lot of lines that they explain a little bit or confirmed on that AMA, which adds a lot of good insight just into the thought process behind a lot of these tracks. That's interesting. I haven't seen that. I think the line, <laughs> the line on any given day, I'm a six of 10. That was almost the least relatable one to me because I felt a lot lower than a six most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say that the past few months, I've been feeling so much better. And I think that that is in large part to doing this podcast with y'all. So I appreciate Aww. you so much. <laughs> oh, come on now. Aww. Me crying. <laughs> Getting all soft on us. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're, we're going to cry. It's Spanish love songs. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I think that's very reminiscent in the line. I'm so sick of saying sorry when I cry. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And the response from Spanish Love Song saying, my partner apologizes to me every time she cries. Another cool thing, what also adds insight to each song, a week before they dropped the album, they like gave a reading list of organizations to check out based on like the content of the songs. So like for Routine Pain, they linked out the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Child Mind Institute, Anxiety and Depression Association of America, which, yeah. Uh, as they said, you know, to don't consider donating to one of the orgs listed for your favorite song. Definitely, you can feel all of that from routine pain, anxiety, depression, dealing with mental illness, struggling to get through the day, and things in life perpetuating that. Yeah, I'll make sure to put that link in the show notes. That's important. Yeah, for sure. 
let's see how much lower we can go. All right, let's track two. Self-destruction is a sensible career choice. The line, I'll die here in the Midwest, why can't I live with that? Is <laughs> Even though I'm not in the Midwest, that's how I feel a lot. Just being here in my hometown, like I'm, I'm gonna die here. That's the same line I wrote down too. <laughs> yeah, that hit a little too close to home for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you got this song talking about everything is gonna be bleak. You know, like things are gonna go down, and part of that of things going awry of those like sarcastic quips is I'm gonna die here. And what really also hits me as hard as the line after, why can't I live with that? It's like sure, maybe on on paper, like. Staying and living in Miami, Jacksonville, whatnot, isn't entirely bad. Knowing your place, a lot of things to do, whatever, career choices. But it's just, I can't live with that because there's just so much more to see and experience in places that I just, I think, are better. But, you know, it's not always feasible, right, to just go. And so, so you know, cling on to hope. It can't be this bleak forever, hopefully. I really love the way that the line is, it won't be this bleak forever. It's somebody telling him it won't be this bleak forever. And then... At the end, it's like, have you seen me lately? It can't be this bleak forever. That hit me super, super hard because it's like, I cannot go on like this forever. Like, look mm-hmm. at me. Like, the, I, like this, this is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, this song as a whole feels like your friends are sitting there telling you that everything is going to be okay and everything's going to turn out just fine as long as you you know, keep going and keep doing and you're sitting in this like overwhelming black cloud above your head and feeling like everything is so shit and your dreams aren't worth doing because you can't survive doing what you want to do. And the other thing I like about this song, but about all the songs, the, the entire album, the, the song titles and the album title are just so great and so telling. Self-destruction is a sensible career choice. Yeah, like, you know, it's like drinking yourself sick or one of the forms of self-destruction at times seems more sensible than trying to keep working this job that's not paying you while or doing or helping you do what you want to do. It's like, I might as well just bloat my liver because nothing else is going to change. But that, as you said, I got that little gle- glimpse of just looking forward, you know, have you seen me lately? It can't be this bleak forever. That little light. It seems like the track title is also kind of about self-destruction being trying to be in a band and <laughs> and making that your sensible career choice is very tongue-in-cheek mm. kind of like being in a band itself is self-destruction <laughs> and if that's sensible yeah or like it's obviously not something that's going to pay the bills like they say mm-hmm. but it's also the only thing that you want to do right Yeah, it feels like the balance between, you know, doing something your heart wants to do versus doing something your bank account wants you to do. Mm -hmm. The next, the third track on this album is Generation Loss. Yeah. And I think another example of a title giving a lot of information, really like a lot of information detail into the content of the song, continuing these themes. The song starts out with you 29 year panic attack. And I'm like, I am currently 29 years old. Stop talking to me. (laughs) 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 Like not your 29, you like you as a being or this, (laughs) this ball of a panic attack. It's such a, I think it's damn. (laughs) It hits me every time I hear that. I'm like, geez, sorry. 
you know, that that's truly a generation loss, right? And just the little thread here talking about like the habits and stuff you get from your parents that have led you down this way, led the generation or so down this way, or like you know, his friends, people that he knows that he mentions in the song, like saying, you know, they gave you when you realize you couldn't keep yourself clean, but keeping on half bad could even be more than your dad. Yeah, I think there's a definite there's a definite theme of kind of overbearing of this almost suicide esque situation. Uh, you know, in the first verse, it's the kind where you wake up and say, "Man, I just want to survive," but this world is short on empathy. You got out of your parents' place, started making money, crashed your car. Now they want your laces. You know, the feeling of kind of entering an impatient facility and they're taking your shoelaces out of the fear and then getting into the chorus saying because we're just so fucking tired of explaining ourselves we throw a pill down our throats or ourselves into the ocean because half our friends are dead the other half are depressed in this budget rate life the borderline's looking thin you know you're watching your friends slowly kind of meet their end and somehow you have to find a way to keep living or you join them yeah i i just had this like aha moment of looking at these lyrics and being like the borderline between being depressed and being dead is is really thin that's what they're talking about Mm -hmm. yeah and i think we've all experienced times in our life where it's Sometimes it's thin and sometimes, you know, it's a couple steps away or you're miles away from it. And it's the waxing and waning of that feeling throughout your life. And the song is very, really straightforward about it. Right? Like on near the bridge at the end of the song, I think it's Dylan sings, uh, I know life is long enough. Didn't think you'd speed it up, right? There was a narrator talking about one of their friends going bender to bender. And now we're just here. And then also the experience of going to a, f- a funeral like that, where people trying to understand you after you're gone, but when you're here, they're they just brush you off, think you're complaining. Like some people try to understand, thought you were complaining, but we weren't listening. And only afterwards do people try to understand, because also like during a lot of hard times, it's just you, having to constantly explain yourself is rough. It adds to the feeling of feeling like you're like you fucked up, feeling like. You're going to hop on the other side of that borderline. Just feeling not enough. Yeah, I'm here wanting to cry again because I'm just thinking about how thin that line is when you are so depressed and all you're doing is complaining. And it's like, where is that line? And how, as a person on the outside, how do you know when somebody is reaching that point? It's It feels mm-hmm. impossible sometimes. Well, yeah, I think it's it's a guessing game for the people you're around, and it's a guessing game for yourself too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. I was really, I was really feeling like that. It was, it was feeling like you know, like it can't be this bleak forever. I can't keep going on like this. But also, there is no other option. Especially like I've never, I've never really felt suicidal in any kind of serious way because I have a child and I need to stick around for him and I know how important that is. So, you know, in a sense it's 
it feels like it's less serious, but it also still feels even more hopeless because there is no way out of it. Mm. And that's generation loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the themes on generation loss really continue to heighten more on the next track and the album track four, Kick. And the song details again, but more detail, drug abuse and it affecting like a generational effect of drug abuse. Yeah, talking about that generational addiction and just the way that capitalism keeps us in these bad cycles. Mm -hmm. It is wild to me that this was the second single off of the album. It's so it's so heavy, but everything is heavy on this album. So, <laughs> right, like what? Yeah, is it? I don't think this is a light album. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it really it, a brave face is needed to go through this album on like a focused listen. I will say. Yeah. When asked about the line, the world's going to kick you either way, Spanish Love Songs describes it as saying it was originally written as a reference to the world kicking you when you're down, though it also recognizes a reference to the world kicking you off it, or in the context of the song, could also be referenced to kicking the habit. So a lot of meanings in that line. Yeah. And the, the chorus really hides at that. You know, when the chorus says, um, first of all, the claim you're a hero if you can make it off the couch. You know, so like, again, since, you know, you kick the habit, right, at that point, or you, um, you know, kick the habit of the world, kick you off. And then the song ends with, they claim you're a hero, but you died there on the couch. And it's like, either way, whether you deal with this, you deal with generational addiction due to capitalism, or you somehow kick the habit or it kicks you, the world gets you. Either way, it's the world causing pain and trauma to you. And it's a cycle that is hard to break because it's got you there on the couch. Yeah, that was the line that really hit me hard because there was definitely a time when it felt like I was just surgically attached to my couch and there was nothing. I mean, I spent almost a year not even sleeping in my own bed because I was so depressed. So yeah. that line really hit me, even though, you know, not. The entirety of the song isn't applicable to me, but that line definitely was. Yeah, the for me, the bridge of the song, or the final bridge, saying, I saw you last week. We haven't talked since graduation. You're moving H with a guy to catch up, but it's clear you're using. I didn't have the guts to be a better friend, but what's another 10 grand going to fix in the end? You know, clearly this person is just struggling and their friend is having to watch and feel like they're just losing you in front of them because you know they're back on whatever they're using but the what's another 10 grand gonna fix in the end is essentially just saying you could go to rehab but it's not gonna fix anything and you're still gonna be stuck in this cycle they do such a good job of deciding when to just let the instruments fade out and just let the vocals do their job yeah like on routine pain goddamn it hit me so hard like letting the when they let the vocals do the job or when they let the you know instruments linger a bit longer or when they um or when they layer the vocals like in you know, the next song if we you know, when we get there it it's such a good emphasis on whatever point or just the feeling of the songs. And it, it makes the impact that much 
heavier. Yeah, even the way that they'll kind of start and stop the music. So it almost sounds like, okay, is this the end? And they come back in and you're like, fuck. Yes. <laughs> oh, more pain. Oh. <laughs> All right, track five, beachfront property. Climate change sucks. And other things brought on by climate change, you know, people clamoring for things that don't matter for, you know, beachfront property, even though it's going to go into water soon. We have bigger fish to fry. But at the same time, what are we, you know, what are we doing about it? It's like, are we like in, in the chorus, second half of the, the song? We are going to assign the blame, not like any of us feel the shame. Count on one hand all the good we've done, you know, very nihilistic. Just kind of like look at all of it. That's also true. Yeah. Again, a lot of this song hit me really hard you know if every city's the same doom and gloom under a different name maybe we should find our home in one like i don't know every city is gonna have its pros and cons but then also if it's you if the problem is you and you're moving to a different city but you're bringing the doom and gloom then it's almost like does it matter where you are mm-hmm. like why move anywhere it's yeah yeah Doom and gloom is the same, you know, New York as it is in freaking Phoenix, XYZ, XYZ. Personally, I really love how not only do we see a correlation between this song and a song a little further in the album, but we also see it nodding back to a song from a completely different album you know, in the final bridge saying it's the end of days and you're still pissing in the wind. Don't believe in God figured he'd be a better planner than this. We see that almost reflecting beer and NyQuil saying, guess nothing's perfect in the end. It'll be all right. I'll upend every good thing that I'll find, but I'll keep pissing in the wind. Mm. You know, there's two years between those albums and we're still those, feeling like shit. <laughs> yeah. In those two years, the world is still seemingly teetering on the edge of collapse. And, you know, we're still just wasting time pissing in the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we see in uh, verse two, we get the line ducking in my seat because someone brought a bag into a movie theater. And this is kind of a theme that we'll see later on in this album yeah yep and then and then the outro you know i'm tired anyway why the hell would i care i'm tired anyway just after bringing up all these feelings all these emotions and all this you know just talking about how things are going awry things aren't gonna ever get better the only solution you end up with is why 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 should i even care forget it i'm going to bed and that just is, doing that is exactly how my depression presents itself i just want to sleep all of the time Mm-hmm. just forget this, go to bed. If I sleep, it's going to go away at some point. Yeah, I think it also kind of ties into the the nihilism that we see throughout the album of just feeling like you can't change anything, so what's it matter if I just go to bed right now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next song, we have Losers. This was the first single. It came out almost a year before the album, which is wild. Really? A whole year? It came out in April of 2019. Oh, wow. Damn. Loser's Ghost brings up the recurring theme in the song and the album of like American healthcare just being terrible, right? And 
not really help. It doesn't help anyone going through anything, whether it's people with no money or people dealing with their mental health. And, you know, of course, the my bleak mind says it's just cheaper to die because it, it, it is. It costs a lot to do anything like good for yourself, quote unquote. And as the, throughout the song, his mind just encouraging him, you know, just do it. Society says you're a loser, right? Apartments being outpriced, doing your best not to be homeless. You don't want to go home to your parents. It just gets harder and harder. Why try? Hoping all this time, but all you'll find is it gets harder, doesn't it? That was like calling me the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Hope for a better day, but we somewhat saw or fix one thing. It comes back up and gets worse the next time. And it just gets harder. In this song, I really love the line, so many opinions on how we live, but there's no option for even how to get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, especially the younger generations these days are just trying to find ways to survive and almost shouting at the older generations that, like, hey, we need help. Nothing is going to get fixed. And we're not going to be able to dig ourselves out of this hole that we just keep digging for ourselves. You know, the hoping we don't go homeless. We sure as shit aren't moving home. But watching television, we're stealing from our parents. You know, I feel like we're trying to save money, you know, taking our parents' Netflix account, not having to pay for that. But they're still telling us, well, maybe if you make your coffee at home and stop buying avocado toast you'll survive when in reality it's the fact that the cost of inflation is not even close to what we're being paid right Mm -hmm. so that goes straight into the it's cheaper just to die motif yeah just go out there pound the pavement you get a good job if you show that you are determined come here with your with your paper resume they'll hire you in the spotlight they did me 40 plus years ago. What do you mean it doesn't work? I just don't want to try. It's like, well, I I know what you want me to tell you. We're losers forever. (laughs) (laughs) The following track, track seven, one of my favorite titles, song Optimism as a Radical Life Choice, which, again, says a lot about the song right there, you know, right in its face, that in a super bleak world scenario, trying to stay ahead and weather the, and weather like, the storm that being optimistic is the crazy thing to do yeah and this is the first track on the album where it feels like they're saying i don't actually want to die even though i have spent the past six tracks acting like that's what i want honestly like please don't take me out back and shoot me i (laughs) just i'm just trying to get through this Mm -hmm. any way that i know how like i know my circuits are faulty i know i'm not all wired properly but just help me can you can we weather this tide help me you know go through this i know i'll wear you out on this but don't don't shoot me yeah i'll wear you out waiting for me to implode was something that absolutely killed me because as somebody who was feeling so down and also has this family around me that i'm trying to remain a part of and keep these people in my life and it just feels like i'm so sorry that my shit is wearing you down you know Mm -hmm. 
but also I think it's a it's an interesting take and I really like the idea of saying I'm done dying on the inside now that everything is dying outside like if everything around me is fucked up then I the only way that I can make it better is by trying to be better myself in any way possible even if it's fleeting even if it's just something light still trying to stay afloat and this is where we get the nod back to beachfront property of saying that it's the clear backpacks it's the two new fire exits i'm buying a beer don't want to think of where i'm running if another asshole takes a shot yeah you know the anxiety of knowing that the chance of something like that happening is never zero and the anxiety that comes from understanding that the line can't even have my coffee without exploiting anyone or making another millionaire a billionaire have y'all seen the good place yes okay because this line reminds me so much of like season three or four where they're realizing that the entire system is completely fucked up the way that they decide who is a good person doesn't make any sense because everything that you do has this ripple effect on the world that ends up causing more shit like can't even have my coffee without exploiting someone you're you're getting your points taken away (laughs) that's just immediately what it makes me think of every time yeah and it you know sometimes it definitely feels like this is the bad place And then right after that is the, what would it take to be happy? I'd probably start with their money. Yeah. You know, we're growing up being told money is not the key to happiness, but in reality, oh, it would fix a lot of fucking problems. That's the thing, because so, so much like people, people are saying that there is so much more mental illness lately and so much of it is directly linked to these situations that people are in that are just unavoidable i mean for so for so much of my life it felt like there was no way out of the way that i was feeling because i i was stuck there by circumstance and there are so many people that still feel that way and i know that i've been really really privileged in my life to be where i am now And I know that there are so many people who just don't have those same privileges and are stuck in these situations that just feel impossible and are contributing to the decline in the mental health of this country. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm very privileged to have a great relationship with my parents and to still have a, a place in my parents' home where I feel comfortable and I don't feel like I'm getting kicked out. But if I was in a position where I had to leave, money would, I wouldn't be able to survive. Yeah. And that's something that they talk about later. No, if we weren't bailed out every time by our parents, we'd be dead. What's going to happen when they're dead? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd definitely be dead. <laughs> Same. All right. Next song. We have Losers 2. Yeah, this one's talking about the after effects of the 2008 housing crisis and how everything is still fucked up. And there are a lot of people that are not going to recover from it ever. A big part of the song, what the song is about is they, they said the guitarist in the band, Kyle McCauley, I think I pronounced the last name right, family lost their home. The home you know, in Kilmarnock, Scotland, lost a childhood home. 
again, 2008, global financial crisis, not just, you know, in the US, everywhere. And in the first verse that we saw was a setback, we all need, all we needed was to graduate, keep ignoring facts, just, you know, keep working, keep doing what you got. You'll get back to where you were, where before it. And no, no, that's not only to wake up five years later and realize you're always tired. You're stuck working your second or third or so job, trying not to crash your car, end up in the hospital because that's, that's it. You already don't have, you barely have any money as it is. And that line of verse to the cost of living means the cost to stay alive, which mm-hmm, ex- yeah. it's exactly, that's exactly it. And it's, that feels even somewhat more prominent now. Yeah. The, the line, no cancer, no crash, it better all goes planned. You know, it takes one small thing to completely train wreck your entire life. And there's no recovery from it for most people. Yep. I have a friend who, I have a friend who got sick and sorry. um, I have a friend who got sick and he didn't have the means to go to the doctor. So he ended up getting an infection that fucked his kidneys. And he was on dialysis for most of the time that I knew him. He was just completely drained. You know, being on dialysis and having to do that multiple times a week, it takes so much out of you physically and mentally. And um, he just recently passed. And just seeing the struggles that he went through just because of something that he had no control over and because of the situation that that we're in because of the healthcare system these days and there's just n- no way to get around that no way we, we don't have the means to get around that no matter of help no what just one thing and you're just messed up for for life I will give one more shout out to Kate in this episode. Um, <laughs> the line, so I'm leaving the city, maybe the country, maybe the earth. That always makes me think of her because she did leave. She left the city. She left the country. And at one point, she even had to get her gallbladder removed in fucking Germany. <laughs> but she's still doing the damn thing and she's making it work. And it's incredible. Damn. Yeah. It's like that bridge, leaving the city, maybe the country, maybe the earth. That's tough. Incredibly impressive. She is doing the thing. Although, of course, it costs her practically nothing to have to get surgery in another country. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's, you know, socialized healthcare. <laughs> yeah, the wonders of that. Huh? Imagine that. Never heard of it. Who is she? Don't know her. Speaking of healthcare shit, uh, Track 9, Dolores, is really just all about healthcare workers and gun violence or mass shootings. Yeah. In a, in a very just brutal way like the first verse stand in her white shoes that won't wash out so usual not the last pair this year mm. just it's just like just another one the uh the third verse your shirt speckled red you're holding on to a young girl's hand so frail and cold so casual not even the last one today you know it feels very for lack of a better term school shootery and it's terrible and terrifying that this is still happening so happening and the outro like really hits that nail on the head you know they're praying for you isn't that good enough the whole house and prayers just we'll do our best and hope that it stops and well you know we've been hoping for some years now and 
Some would say it's just gotten worse. Yeah, I mean, this is it's been going on forever. And we watch how other countries have dealt with it and how America's dealing with it. And they're just not. Yeah, that idea, you know, there's nothing we could do if we tried. (laughs) Nothing we can do if we tried. Haven't even tried. Yeah, not that we're trying, but. (laughs) (laughs) It it just feels like there's nothing you can do, whether you try or whether or not. Like, it is what it is, which is terrible. Yeah, it's hard to imagine that there would be such a divide between just wanting gun violence to end. I do have a lot of thoughts and feelings on this topic, and I don't know if I want to get into all of them. Yeah, this is a music (laughs) podcast, and it might not be the best time because I completely relate with you, but... I think the three of us could have weeks worth of episodes on that topic. (laughs) Let's... I completely agree. Save it for the spinoff. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. The second season. First season, music, bands, fun stuff. Second season, controversial government topic. <laughs> Topics that really shouldn't be controversial, honestly. But, you know, this country we live in, I think we can head on to the last track, the title track, Brave Faces Everyone, track 10. Last track. I have written down most of the lyrics for this track for my notes sometimes i want to vanish completely call in sick from life i woke up and didn't feel better don't know why i'd act surprised at least each year is getting shorter and the ocean's on the rise so we're talking about depression we're talking about climate change we're talking about just being stuck in this rut and things not getting better living paycheck to paycheck like my parents and their parents and their parents before them we're talking about this generational insecurity mm-hmm. off right right off the top of the song at the, on the twitter ama on that the broken nose of the textured ceiling i know where i am i pretend like i'm lost ben said i think when dylan not dylan someone else uh when they had mono they woke up on tour staring at the ceiling and couldn't breathe and instantly wish they could just melt into the floor and not get up you know that's what the i want to banish completely calling sick from life and that also just extends into the everything that we feel is like we're just sick, like not functioning correctly because things are just sick. Years are getting shorter. Things are getting worse. And I just want to go back onto the floor. There's just a ton of references to other songs in that first verse. I personally really love, I believe it's the chorus, the but I feel like burning down my life again. I watch the fire spread over my skin until I'm not, nothing left. But skeleton, I have felt that many times in my life, especially, you know, through the many seasons I've had in life between moving different places and kind of restarting my life every single time I've gone through these seasons of life and the self-destruction, but somehow like feeling clean the until I'm nothing left but skeleton to me always feels brand new. But maybe that's just my optimism coming in. You know, I mean, and the optimism works, right? Like that sense. I think I like, I like what you said about that, especially on the song. Cause, um, you know, as verse two goes through, he says he's trying to have a more positive outlook on the situation, even though it's still kind of dark. So you turn off the power. It's like most of the week, but if I burn this place, then we have some heat. 
like trying to get that optimism, get that outlook in these situations where, you know, he just feels like he wants to just let his life rot again. Yeah, finding the little shreds of light in so much darkness. Shreds is right. Uh, yeah. And really the the last line being, at least I'm seeing things more positively because I swear to God I'm an optimist. Mm -hmm. The callback to optimism as a radical life choice. Mm -hmm. I really do love the, the, the breakdown, like the, just the final part gleamed to the outro, uh, the layering of different parts, different songs, different parts, because they, they also layer vocals on beachfront property at the end of the song. And it just like extends out well. And then seeing like all this, the references to all the other songs, hearing it out, you know, cause we're just so fucking tired. If not, okay. I'm feeling lower than anyone. Just that the repetition. way that they include every part of this album in this one song is absolutely incredible. It's so great. And like just weaving the main thoughts and topics, like including everything, you know, th this is the, the, the thesis of the album. Yeah, I feel like piecing everything together like a puzzle. Yeah. It's just beautiful in this song to brave faces that's all you can really do right and i like i really like the addition of the comma in brave faces because that changes everything uh because without the comma it sounds like like, like the band's a, like a theater director saying all right every brave faces everyone get your brave faces on but with the comma it goes to being we're observing everyone is going through the same thing feeling the same thoughts having the same experience and we're all doing what we can do having a brave face you know I really, really, really love and appreciate the way that this album ended up on a positive note because it really didn't have to. And I feel like I'm going to cry again. It just means so much to me that you can have all of these like intense, horrible feelings. But then at the end of it, just say, we were never broken. Life's just very long. Brave faces, everyone. Everyone. Yeah. And we don't have to fix everything at once. And to fully agree with that positive note, after talking about poverty, addiction, suicide, climate change, capitalism, homelessness, all these things that some people experience, one of these, you know, a couple of these things about life, some people experience multiple things. But sticking with someone, understanding life is long, we don't have to handle everything at the same time. We'll get there when we get there. It is. It's poignant having the most positive part of the album at the end, like at the very end. Yeah. I think there were definitely points in my life where I have seen not only the song, but the album in many different kind of phases and emotions. And I remember first listening to this song and it feeling like very much like the theater director saying okay everybody just put your face on and get out there and do it and now seeing it in a little better light as you know i've changed and grown up a little bit more it's really interesting to see how not only the song has developed with me but i do love the you know the outro of saying and when it all burns down will you carry me over we don't have to fix everything at once we were never broken. It's just life's just very long. We're all going to go through these phases of feeling broken and putting ourselves back together. And I think there's something very beautiful in that. 
I'm so ready to end this episode so that I can listen to the album and sob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I promise not every episode is going to be like this. (laughs) It's just a really, really strong and intense album. And I think, yeah, I think Lennon wrapped it up pretty well. All right. Any other notes on Spanish love songs? Sad Menzingers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Please. They have something really special with their songwriting and how they perform and how they put it, weave everything together. I'm just really stewing in that. Nah, that's the last I got. So great. Lennon, it looks like they're playing Orlando at the end of November. We have to go. Who are they playing with? I don't know. <laughs> because I might already have tickets. I'm just looking at Bandcamp. Let me see. Shit. Oh, Hot Mulligan. I already have tickets. So, yes, we can go. <laughs> I think they're coming down here to Fort Lauderdale. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Oh, damn. I knew Hot Mulligan Heart Attack. I, mean, I didn't realize they're with Spanish love songs, right? They're, that's all three of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that is, a, that is a show that I will not be missing. I think on that note, everyone, hi, go see Spanish love songs, Heart Attack Man, and Hot Mulligan this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It looks like they're touring from November to february so they've got they've got a lot on the schedule so find find a date near you (laughs) all right and on that note my my two best friends here what are y'all listening to what's on the rotation well personally a little more uh folk pop mode right now i'm listening to a lot of noah khan if you don't know who he is he is folk malone he is amazing very sad folk pop and i'm seeing him in a couple weeks and i just got a tattoo of one of his songs hell yeah so yeah i'm invested (laughs) (laughs) just a little bit just just a little bit just slightly i've been listening to so much music just to prep for this podcast so (laughs) you know i've been listening to a lot more spanish love songs i've been listening to uh single mothers since we're recording that this weekend Love it. I'm listening, of course, Spanish love songs, but also uh, Just Friends, Gusher, the new album, Chase and Status, are my, one of my favorite electronic drum bass duos from London. And they put out two singles getting ready for their mixtape release. They put out Liquor and Cigarettes and Baradan, incredible. And also Pew Pew Pew, Sick Days, great album, absolutely fantastic. Those, those have been on repeat for me. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook or Patreon, we're there at Best Friends Forever on Instagram at Best Friends Forever Pod. And if you'd like to reach out old school, you can send an email to Best Friends Forever Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks, friends. Bye. Bye. Bye.